The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the Gospel of St. John in the first chapter. The next day Jesus decided to go into Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and you are our Redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated. One of my favorite quotes, and I've shared this with you all before, but I want to revisit it today because of our gospel lesson, comes from a pastor whose name is David Lose. David says, Jesus called ordinary people in the middle of their ordinary lives to be in relationship with the ordinary people all around them. And through that, did extraordinary things. And he still does. That quote, every time I encounter it, makes my heart sing. Because it says that our calling isn't about you and me trying to measure up to some external standard. No, it's about ordinary people. Men and women just like you and me. Not people who are wealthy and powerful and influential and famous, but people who are just like us. 
The people that Jesus called were people who were struggling and who were sinful and who were wounded. Those are the sort of people that Jesus called to walk alongside him. People who would tempt him, who would question him, who would reject him, who would abandon him, who would even betray him. People walking around in the dark, in the darkness of their own hearts, in the darkness of the world around us, in the darkness of the rulers of that world. Those are the sorts of people that Jesus calls. But more than that, he doesn't just call them to follow him. He doesn't call them and say, all right, I'm the king. Now everybody start applauding because I'm awesome. He calls them the same way that he calls each one of us today. The kingdom that I'm revealing, he says, belongs to you. <clears throat> Do you know how many monarchs in the history of humanity have established a kingdom and then given it to fishermen and tax collectors? The answer is none. <laughs> Precisely zero. There are none monarchs who have ever given away their kingdom to a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors. Because this is a different kind of king. And this king is going to rule over a different kind of kingdom. Not a kingdom that is about what you bring to the table. It's not about your skills, and it's not about your talents, and it's not about your awesomeness. This king doesn't care about your wealth, or your piety, or your privilege, because this kingdom is not about you. It's about Christ revealing through you, through me, through us, the work that God is accomplishing in the world. Through us, he's revealing the work that he's doing. Through us, he's revealing the kingdom that he is establishing. And he's drawing us closer and closer to himself. Revealing the calling that he's placed on every single one of your lives. Christ is calling you today just like he did on that seashore in Galilee. He's calling us to leave behind the, the, the distraction. Leave behind everything that distracts us. Our fears and our anxieties and our accomplishments, our our egos, and, and even leaving behind our hopes and our dreams, his invitation is for us to abandon ourselves to him, to the work that he's calling us into right now. His invitation is to abandon ourselves to him and to allow Christ to fill our hearts, to fill our minds with the vision of his kingdom. And then when we have been baptized in that vision, to join him in the work that he's doing. What is that? What's this work that Jesus is inaugurating? What does it look like to join him in the work of building his kingdom? When you hear the word Galilee, what image comes into your mind? It's probably something out of a Bible movie, right? You think of Galilee, there's lots of rocks and trees and some, you know, like acacia trees, maybe, thorny bushes, that sort of thing. If you've been to Galilee, you probably have a little bit different image. Uh, I know that there are some people who are members of the congregation uh, who, have, who have been to Galilee before. 
So maybe your image of Galilee is a little bit different. There's a lot more farmland than, than usually shows up in the Bible movies because, you know, that's just how Bible movies are. But I want us to think back to our discussion that we've, that, that we've had over and over again about strategies for reading the Bible well. And in those strategies, we say that when place names show up in our readings, we need to pause. We don't have to stay there for a long time, but we need to pause and ask the question, why is the author naming this place? Because just like when I'm telling a story, I tell you the name of a place that something happened because it's a part of the story. It helps to locate us. It helps to ground us. And oftentimes, it's intrinsic to the meaning of the story. The biblical authors, the storytellers, are exactly the same. So the question is, what is it about Galilee that is so interesting? What's so special about Galilee? When St. Nathaniel hears that Jesus is from Galilee. What does he say? How could, what, what good comes out of Galilee? How can, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Here's the reason. Galilee, if you look at it on a map, especially if you look, on it, look at it on a topographical map, is the only way to get between Asia and Europe and Africa. If you don't go through Galilee, you either have to deal with huge deserts on, on one side, or you have to deal with, with, with ridiculously difficult to cross mountains on the other side. Or if you try to go uh, the, the, the other way, you're, you're into like ravines and rivers and giant lakes. There's no good way to get between those locations unless you go through these, these valleys and, and flat areas that you find in Galilee. And just like happens in other places in the world, where, where it's easy to make a, a crossing between two major regions. Galilee becomes a place where there's constant invasion and constant resettlement and constant immigration. <clears throat> Galilee is a place where dozens and dozens of cultures are blended together and they all live side by side. In Galilee, you find people from Lebanon and people from Syria and from Samaria, people from Persia, and people from all over the Greek and the Roman world. All of them right there in this little area living together side by side. It was a place where God's people were just one of a number of religious groups, all of them living there side by side with these various faiths and philosophies. And yet... Galilee is specifically where Jesus begins his ministry. Jesus begins the work of proclaiming God's kingdom in that kind of place. He doesn't do it in Jerusalem. He doesn't go to the, to the halls of power. He doesn't go to Rome. He goes to Galilee. He goes to this place where, where, where God's word is just another word being proclaimed. He goes to this place where, where all of the people are blended together. He goes to this place full of God's children and full of pagans and heathens. That's where Jesus goes to begin his ministry. And right there in the midst of all of those cultures, Jesus says, repent. Right there in that place that's full of paganism and skepticism and complete competing truth claims, a place filled with genuine spiritual darkness, Jesus lives and teaches. And it's right there in that place 
that he calls ordinary men and ordinary women to join him. And he still does. Jesus called ordinary people in the middle of their ordinary lives to be in relationship with the ordinary people all around them. And through that, he did extraordinary things. And he still does. And today, this morning, right now, he's inviting you and me to walk alongside him, to join him in that work that he's doing, to go with him as he brings repentance and healing and forgiveness, to become the means, the instruments, the hands through which he is revealing his kingdom. At St. Aidan's, we talk about the sacraments all the time because the sacramental life is at the heart of our life together as a community. The sacraments are why we're here. The sacraments are why we gather together and worship like we do every single week. Because we believe that God reveals himself through the sacraments. I talked about that yesterday in the, in, in the, the sermon that I gave for Sam and Alicia's wedding. That God is transforming us into sacraments. Those sacraments are windows that reveal to us the world that God is at work creating. They reveal to us the places where God is at work all around us right now. But here's what we forget. The sacraments aren't there to show us something. They're not even there to make us feel something. They're given to us in order to transform us. The sacraments exist in order to change me, to make me into a new kind of person. In a sermon, C.S. Lewis once said, Next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. The sacraments reveal the truth about us and about each other and about God at work and about his creation. They change us. More accurately, they reveal us. Every time we baptize someone in, in our congregation, we say to, to the person being baptized, we are children of the same Father. Every time that we receive the Eucharist, we hear God's word spoken to us. Receive who you are. Become who you receive. The sacraments make us sacraments. The calling that Christ is placing on our lives right now, again this morning, is for you and I to become sacraments. For you and I to become what Jesus has already said that we are. A means of grace. A place where the world around us can encounter God's grace alive and active, the transforming, world-shaking power of God. That's what the sacraments call us into. That's what Jesus is calling us into. Ordinary people, just like us, in the middle of our ordinary lives, in the middle of our ordinary neighborhoods, we're being called to become the means through which God transforms and heals and restores his creation and his people. The sacraments make us sacraments.
Will you pray with me? Father, we want to invite you today to open our eyes to the places where you are at work in our lives, to reveal to us the places where you are changing us and transforming us and recreating us right now, to open our eyes to see the new creations that we have become. Jesus, open our eyes to see the relationships that are around us, our friendships, our family relationships, our marriages, our home life, our work life. Allow us to see how our relationships can become places where others encounter your love, where others encounter your grace, where others encounter you face to face. Jesus, show us the places where our lives need to be transformed, where we need to let go of our need to be in control so that you can reveal your power and your glory through your people. Spirit, show us how we can be a community of people who reveal you to the world around us. A community of ordinary people who you are empowering and leading to do extraordinary things. This is our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.